We have some breaking news for you. A brand new court filing from Donald Trump. This time he is going to the U.S. Supreme Court to try to appeal the decision made by the Colorado Supreme Court to remove him from its 2024 ballot for engaging in insurrection. Let's get right to CNN's Paula Reed, who is here with me. Paula, I know you got a big stack of papers that you just printed out a second ago, but what can you tell us about this appeal? I move fast. So two weeks ago, the Colorado Supreme Court removed Trump from the ballot. Now that decision is on hold because previously the Republican Party of Colorado appealed this decision to the Supreme Court. So he will appear on the, the Colorado Supreme Court to the United States, to the U.S. Supreme, Supreme yeah. Court. Okay. So that the Colorado decision is on hold. He's expected to appear on the primary ballot, but we need clarity for all 50 states in this country about this issue. A because it's been three. popping up elsewhere. Yeah, it's, it's been Maine, in maybe in Oregon, New Hampshire, Minnesota, yeah. Michigan. And while most states besides Maine and Colorado opted to keep him on the ballot, they left the door open to relitigate this. So the Supreme Court is under a lot of pressure to weigh in here. Trump has now officially filed his appeal. And here they're asking the court, this is a direct quote, did the Colorado Supreme Court err in ordering Trump excluded from the 2024 presidential primary ballot? Now, the Republican Party was a little more articulate in the questions that they posed. They want to know specifically, does Section 3 of the 14th Amendment apply to presidents? That's an important question because even within the state of Colorado, right. the courts were split there because the word does not appear. We need clarity on that. The Republican Party of Colorado also asked another important question, which is, okay, if this applies to presidents, who enforces it? Is it the states, which is what we're seeing play out across the country, or is there a role for Congress? That is not one of the questions uh, presented explicitly in this appeal, but it's baked in. We need clarity from the Supreme Court. Now, we could get an answer at any time about whether the Supreme Court wants to take up this issue, but they now have two separate appeals on this case, one from the Republican Party of Colorado, one directly from the Trump legal team to take up this case, possibly hear oral arguments, and hopefully offer some clarity to the country. This is what they do, Jake. They settle disputes among the states and they clarify constitutional controversies. Meanwhile, there is also this issue with Jack Smith, the special counsel, uh, trying to try uh, President Trump for what he did on January 6th. And the Trump people have been arguing, hey, I have presidential immunity for anything I did as president. Yeah. And uh, Jack Smith says no and has asked the Supreme Court to weigh in. They said no. Uh, but Trump has also filed another court filing on this presidential immunity claim. So our theme of 2024, Jake, is going to be all roads lead to the Supreme Court. This yes. is likely an issue, but there, the Supreme Court has opted not to weigh in here. Instead, next Tuesday, there are oral arguments on this issue. And late last night, the Trump team filed a brief reiterating the arguments they have made. They insist that for 234 years, presidents have not been prosecuted for the actions that they have taken in office. We know a lower court has already held that, look, what we're talking about here was outside the scope of your official duty. And we saw the, saw the special counsel in the past few days say, look, if we allow presidents absolute immunity for anything you do while you are president, we know that people are going to undertake criminal, you know, criminal activity to stay in office. We can't have that. Now, the entire election subversion That's a good argument, case, by the way. I mean, I mean it is pretty good. You know, every, every once in a while, they come up with something. But look, even, even former members of Trump's legal team have said the immunity argument, it's not a winner. What they're trying to do here is delay. And so far, they're successful. This entire case is on hold until this immunity question is resolved. By the appeals court. By the, whatever the final court is. If okay. the Supreme Court wants to take this up, they've already passed once. They were asked to just interject, answer the questions. But they said, no, we're not going to do yeah, it. They let, said, no, let we're going to play out in the lower court. Let it play out. Yeah. We're not going to step in. I mean, that's notable. Jack Smith was really hoping they would step in. They opted not to because Jack Smith wants to put this trial on before the 2024 election. 
We're going to have oral arguments on Tuesday. They're moving very quickly. Then the Supreme Court can weigh in uh, however they want. They can also opt not to. And then we need to look at the calendar and figure out, does Jack Smith have enough time to put this case on before the 2024 election? Timing is everything here, Jake. With the Supreme Court appeal on ballot eligibility, it's surprising it took Trump two weeks because we need clarity as soon as possible. On this question of immunity, timing is of the essence because it's really a question of will you be tried before or after the election? We don't know. It's unlikely he's going to win on immunity. The bigger question is will you see the inside of a federal courtroom before the election? One of his former lawyers put it at about 50-50. All right, Paula Reed, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Let's talk about this now with former lawyer for Trump, Tim Parlatori. Uh, Tim, so good to see you. Happy New Year. Why do you think, first of all, this is maybe kind of like a, an insidery question, but it is something that is stumping all of us. Why did it take Trump's legal team, do you think, so long to appeal that Colorado Supreme Court decision to ban him from the ballot? Because, frankly, I, I thought that they were going to move more quickly. You know, I would have expected them to move more quickly, too. I don't have any specific knowledge other than, um, yeah, as you know, one of the reasons why I left that team is uh, interference you know, from other people. Uh, so I could imagine that, you know, this was definitely litigation by committee of going back and forth with drafts. And I mean, you know, Dave Warrington, who filed the brief, is a very smart lawyer. I would expect him to do good work and do it fast. But if he's being interfered with by others, then that that would delay it. Who are the, who are the others that interfere? Uh, well, in my experience, it was uh, people related to the campaign, like Boris. Boris, Boris Epstein. Epstein. Yeah. Do you think the U.S. Mm -hmm. Supreme Court is going to take this up? I do. Uh, you know, it's it's a situation where you have a significant split between the states of an issue that really does have vital national importance as to you know whether. You know, people in different states are going to be given the same choice as to who they're allowed to vote for for president. So I think that, you know, if there is ever a case that falls squarely within the mission of the Supreme Court to solve these these issues, um, you know, this is it. So I can't imagine them rejecting it. Well, God forbid anybody badmouth the founding fathers, but I did read the relevant section of the U.S. <laughs> Constitution, and it doesn't say how it gets decided whether or not an individual engaged in insurrection. Correct. In the section three, it doesn't, it's pretty silent as to that. Section five, it says that Congress shall be the one to enforce this. And, you know, the way that I've looked at that, Congress has done two separate things to enforce this. They've passed 18 U.S.C. Uh, 2383, which is the insurrection ban. Uh, that specific statute does provide for a prison sentence. It also provides for permanent barring from public office. It actually expands on who it applies to beyond what the 14th Amendment has, but it requires a federal criminal proceeding. Uh, the other thing that Congress can do and that they have done in this case is they can, they can apply impeachment proceedings. You know, President Trump was impeached for insurrection and in fact, Nancy Pelosi was very open at the time that the reason why he needed to be impeached and tried after leaving office was to keep him off the ballot in 2024. He was acquitted. So that's another thing that Colorado is going to have to overcome is that Congress has already actually taken action on this. This uh, provision of the U.S. Constitution has been, and correct me if I'm wrong here, you're the lawyer, not me, but it has been used before. Uh, I, I think against public officials uh, that engaged uh, in the in the Civil War, uh, I, I believe on the on the sure. losing side. 
but I don't think that they had been, had they been federally prosecuted or no? They had not. And so this is, um, you know, th this is actually part of the Constitution that was not passed by the Founding Fathers. It was passed in the immediate aftermath of the Civil War, right. specifically to target former Confederate officers. And, you know, really it's something that my understanding of it is it was never really litigated. The former Confederate officers just recognized their ineligibility. And they really, the proceeding that they were going for was a separate part in there that allows for a majority of both houses, uh, or actually I think it's a two-thirds majority of both houses, to, um, to relieve somebody of disability and allow them to run again uh, if, if they've been deemed to be properly rehabilitated from their former insurrectionist ways. I was using so I, but founding I don't think fathers it's ever been litigated in this way. Yeah, I appreciate yes, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Tim Parlatori, thank you so much. Appreciate it. We'll be right back.